the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line with Philip Naiman. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Cutting Edge Bullets, Vortex Optics, Vortex, the Force of Optics, and by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Hello, folks. Welcome to edition of Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman. Hope you're all having a great weekend here. This is my first show post-surgery. First show on painkillers. So, hey, we're going to have a special one today. So, <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. If you're looking on the video here, which we have posted on our Facebook page, I have Dale Fundak. Dale has been a uh, super supporter of our firearm owner registration, voter registration uh, thing. So we've been he's been out there at all the gun stores. He's been getting guys to, to support different stores, making sure that when you buy a firearm, you are registered to vote because that is the only way we can ever turn this crazy, crazy state around is by voting out the idiots in excremento. Joining me on the show here online, I have uh, Raziel Cohen. He is known as the Tactical Rabbi. So we're going to have some great conversations with him coming up. Uh, Rabbi, how are you doing? I'm doing excellent. By the way, before we get started, I'd like to let you know that I had you in mind for my prayers when you asked me to for your leg. So I hope you're doing better. You did a great job. God obviously listens to you. <laughs> no, it's a wonderful thing. Thank you. Yeah, I had, uh, folks, if you don't know, I had a knee uh, replacement. And so the last two weeks, I had some substitute guests who to do a great job so i had to had to come back today just to make sure they invite me back and don't just keep the subs going well you know <laughs> the engineers in there shaking his head yeah yeah we like them a lot better than you <laughs> you broke your record of like 10 shows in a row you had to go away for something okay yeah anyway so hey um we're gonna talk about a couple things here in california uh one of the things that i've heard of a lot and it keeps coming up. Every time I go into a gun store, I hear another horror story about guys trying to buy ammunition. So in California, we have a new law that we're all dealing with since last July that basically states, or since I think... In July. It was July. Um, basically is ammunition registration. And there are huge fiascos with that. Dale... Give us a little, a couple of uh, things that you've seen personally while you've actually been in stores. Well, the first one was dealing with <clears throat> Walmart. They have their own policy that doesn't follow the state policy. You can show them everything, but if you don't have a certified birth certificate with the raised seal, they're not going to sell you ammo. Well, didn't they decide not to sell ammo in California anymore anyway? They're still, they still are at this point. But So if Sam Mart Walt was still alive, he'd be yanking the CEO out and beating him behind the woodshed, but that isn't going to happen. The other lovely things is a good buddy of mine goes down to the local gun store to buy some ammo. He does all the paperwork, denied. Why? Because his license, his new license that he got, 
doesn't have any gun registered to that address because he moved. So he has to fill out another form, send it to the state, so they know that him and his guns have moved to this address so he can buy ammo. But at least they don't have gun registration. No, they just, they just want you to know where all the guns are at and what your new address is. So let me get this straight. So I, I purchased a firearm in 2004. I bought a, I don't know, a Grand 30-06, okay? And uh, my address was in Riverside. So if I go to buy 30-06 ammo and my new address is in another city, I would be denied. They are, at this point, from what I've heard from the dealers, is if you have a firearm registered to that ad- your new address that you bought since you moved there, you're okay. So if I haven't bought a new firearm since I've moved, then I can't buy ammo. Then you have to fill out another form, send it to the state, and get their permission to get ammo. Folks, this is one more reason why you should all be part of our Gun of the Month Club. So you'll never have a month where you're not purchasing a firearm. Absolutely. You know, they, uh, 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 Raziel, you may not know this. We started the Gun of the Month Club because one of uh, Kevin DeLeon wanted to restrict us to only buying one gun a month. And we thought that was a good goal. So <laughs> that's excellent. Yeah. yeah, that's a good yeah, that's a good move. I'm in. <laughs> so yeah, we we started the Gun of the Month Club. So if you are a subscriber to the Gun of the Month Club, uh, then you won't have these problems. But the point is that they're they're following our registration with our. This is a this is firearm registration through the back door, and it's hassling people right and left. Correct. What did you just see uh, yesterday? We're we're recording this on this, Thursday, so this is Wednesday this week. It was actually earlier this week. Inside the store, I won't mention the name of the store, they're having a DOJ audit. So the DOJ is there. In the back room doing the audit, checking all the records, making sure he's doing everything right. In comes a uniformed police officer. What, what city? Doesn't matter. Yeah, it does. I don't want to go there. But <laughs> a uniformed police officer shows up, a county officer, I'll say that much. And uh, he was denied ammo because... He had no guns registered to his new address. So he moved. So here's a police officer, deputy, comes in, wants to buy 12-gauge whatever, and he's denied purchasing while he's standing there in uniform in the store uh, with the DOJ there. And what are the D- what was the DOJ's reaction? She was in the back, and she just kind of shook her head. There's nothing she can do about it. She is a part of the government. She just does her job. Yeah, you know, they have a they have a term for that. It's called Nazi guard. Well, she's it's not my job. I'm just here for the government. She, yeah, well, she, you you chose to take that job. You chose to take that job. So, yes, you are part of the problem. Personally, yes, I agree. As somebody the, who... Then you are correct. If you agree with me, you are correct. You have to agree with Philip at all times. <laughs> Only if you want to be correct. All right, so those are the things we're running into. And, folks, if you're tired of that, you know, you need to get a hold of your state legislature. Your state legislature is the one you're going to get the most traction from. Um, and that's that's where it needs to start. State legislature, state senate. We need to get Gavin Newsom recalled. God, he's horrible. He is just an absolute train wreck. Um, and we also need to – I think we have a couple of cities. Was it uh, Needles? Needles has become a firearm sanctuary city. So, you know, yes. we need to, we'd have more of those and, and less uh, of other things. All right, so let me jump over here. Let me ask you real quick here, Raziel. Have you ever had any issues purchasing ammunition in the last few months? 
So I haven't had any issues, but I, I do have to start going through the, what, what is now the new process, which in all reality is just encouraging me, encouraging me to buy in bulk now because if I have to pay for a background check anyway, and I don't want to keep going into the store and buying more ammunition and have to pay extra also for a background check. And it's not really about the money that I have to be putting down. It's the, it's the annoyance of the process. So I just start buying in bulk now. And again, it doesn't really make that much of a difference because it's not like there aren't people reloading. It's not like, by the way, if you go to a range and you rent ammunition to use it a day, they officially say you have to give it back to them, but they're not going through your bags and monitoring. So there's already a billion and one loopholes to be able to get around this deal and this new, this new law, but it hasn't actually changed anything. I still don't understand the benefit of them knowing if a guy bought, let's say, a thousand rounds of nine millimeter, right? Does that equate to meaning there's going to be a mass shooting? Um, or if they're going to say, let's say that person does have a mass shooting, I think they're like, well, we knew. Like, well, if you knew, then what was it supposed to do? So I still don't understand what the, what the goal is of this ammunition, um, this ammunition slowdown. And it's really not that effective. I don't even see the, the point of the game. So once again, I mean, one of my favorite movies or books, I should say, the movie was unfortunately terrible, was Atlas Shrugged. And, you know, one of the things they keep saying is like, look, when things don't add up, when they don't make sense in a rational mind, we need to change the parameters of our question. So mm-hmm. this doesn't make any sense. This is not going to stop any crime. Well, why are they doing this then? They're doing it for two things. They want to slow down ownership. They want to make it as onerous as possible, as expensive as possible. The other thing that I think is going to come out of this is they're going to probably try and pass laws about, I don't know, let's call them armories, that if you own more than 5,000 rounds, you have an armory, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if you yeah. shoot a lot, like you just said, you buy 1,000 here, 1,000 there, um, you know, if this is your hobby, this is what you enjoy doing, then accumulating 5,000 rounds is not that difficult. And it's not mm-hmm. that much because if you go out for one day of training, you might be shooting five or 600 rounds. That's yeah, a lot absolutely. of ammunition. If you're not absolutely. shooting, if you're not shooting 500 rounds a month of something, you shouldn't even be carrying a gun, to be honest. Well, there's, there's that too. You know, you do have to keep your proficiency up. And, and 500 rounds is a lot. To, I, I think it's a lot to shoot. You know, that's that's at least two trips to the range. Yeah. yeah. But but if you're going to carry a weapon on you, you have the responsibility to stay trained. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So when we come back, we're going to talk more about that. We're going to talk about some international things that have happened. Uh, those are near and dear to my heart. We want to talk about people's attitudes on owning firearms. We want to talk about... Um, how you get trained, why you get trained, and your attitudes for that. So uh, one of the things, if you want to catch up with the Tactical Rabbi here, he's at NDF, NDF, Nancy David Franco, training.com, NDFtraining.com. He's running classes. We'll talk more about that. You can find out more. And at firinglineradio.com is where our podcasts are at, Firing Line Radio Show on Facebook. I am giving away... I don't know if you saw this or not. I'm giving away a huge discount on proof research barrels and barrels and a Macmillan MC3 stock. All you have to do is share the posts that are on there. I've, I'm telling you guys, two winners this month, so you want to be involved in that. Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. We'll be right back after this. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the Firing Line is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside and the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. 
Hey folks, every week on the Firing Line Radio Show, our conversation is going to revolve around firearms, hunting, gun rights that are afforded to all Americans under the Second Amendment of the Constitution. Now, our faithful companion in the battle to uphold these rights has been Firing Line Radio Show's longtime sponsor, Vince Torres of Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo in Riverside. If you're not armed for protection or recreation, well, shame on you. Head on down to Bullseye Sport in Riverside, where you need to go for small arms, rifles, shotguns, ammo, accessories, and much more. Now, after you purchase that firearm, Vince and I highly recommend you attend a certified firearm safety and training course, one that's going to teach you the basic knowledge, skills, and attitudes essential to the safe and efficient use of your firearm. For more information about the certified firearm courses, call Bullseye Sport in Riverside, 951-823-0211. Visit the website, bullseyesport.com for a schedule of classes because at Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo they believe in safety first 951-823-0211 Folks, welcome back to Firing Line Radio Shows. This is Philip Naiman. I'm here with the Tactical Rabbi Raziel Cohen. I also have Dale Fundak in here. He's in charge of our voter registration for gun owners. We want to jump on a couple of different Voter registration for gun owners? Voter registration for everybody. Yeah, well, I only want gun owners. If they're Antifas, they can't vote. Okay. All right. So, yeah, it, it's simple. If they, if you get the voter registration form, says Democrat, just throw it away. Can't do that. I know you can't, but just throw it away. No, I understand you can't do that. I wouldn't say it on the air either, but just throw it away. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Joining me back, hey, uh, uh, Raziel. We had something terrible. I'm laughing, and I shouldn't be as we go into the segment here, but. Uh, we had something terrible happen in Germany this week, and I want to want to have you uh, talk to a little bit about that, if you could. Could you please bring that up? Yeah. So yesterday was the Jewish. Uh, it's one of the biggest Jewish holidays of the year. Uh, it's called Yom Kippur, and um, it's a day that um, all Jews around the uh, around the world they fast, and it's like a very holy day that we're supposed to take in uh, through our prayers and have a lot of focus. It's a day of atonement. Um, it's also, yeah. It's also like a, a very high priority target day. So when we talk about security, all the, all the synagogues are amped up to the max because the amount of people, uh, whether uh, religious or not religious, come to synagogue on that day because it's a very very holy day. So the security level is very very high. Uh, so in in in, in, Christ, in Christianity, we call that CEO. Well, those are Christians on Christmas and Easter only. That's a CEO. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we we actually have that. Yeah, we call them Yom Kippur Jews. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yesterday, um, two individuals thought it would be a good idea to try to start a mass shooting in a synagogue in Germany uh, because they thought that it's also a high-priority day, it's a high-priority target, um, and that's what they try, they try to do. Um, I already saw and went through all the footage that was released um, of, the, of the incident. Um, it's Obviously, there, there are parts of it that are extremely graphic, but at the end of the day, they weren't able to get into the synagogue. They ended up only... Well, not only, it unfortunately killed two individuals. Um, they were using, from what I saw uh, based on the footage, it looked like single-shot uh, brick-barrel shotguns, um, and they were, like, fumbling with their ammunition, and they were clearly, ob- they were obviously not trained to any level. Um, but what, what's interesting about the footage is, is they come to the door of the synagogue, uh, and they try opening it, and he realizes he's not able to get in. He then tries to shoot the door open, uh, which, again, uh, just assuming by his level of training, he's probably using birdshot or something like that, but he definitely wasn't going through the door. Um, and he was not able to access uh, into the synagogue and create a mass shooting. So unfortunately, unfortunately, um, the instance could have been much worse and many more people could have been killed. Um, but because of the level of security that the synagogue had, they weren't able to access the building. Um, 
So this is a very cool sign of like a lot of the things that we talk about um, in, in my firearms training courses is the importance of the different levels of protection before getting to a firearm. Yes, everyone should be carrying a firearm because that is your last level of defense, and that's your most important one because that's going to be the most vital in your survival. But there are other things you're also supposed to do to facilities to make sure that the person can't get access. And this is a perfect example of one. Since they have their doors locked and they have proper door structure and they have people on the inside that could be monitoring the entire time, the person wasn't able to get into the facility. Um, from so, what some, I somebody, now, so of, somebody who was yeah. running that door, whoever was there, your usher or your greeter or whoever it was, understood what was happening and made the right call. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because to... A lot of people, like a lot of people, have the mindset that they want to get into the gunfight. Um, if you ever taken um, a class that really covered the mindset, amount, and the mentality, the, the pre and post effects of a gunfight, it's actually, um, it, it's, it's actually really, really, it, it's crazy. Because the mental and physical effects that be able to overtake a person in the uh, in the event of a gunfight, it could be detrimental to a person. Um, there's an amazing author, I'm sure you guys heard of him, uh, Lieutenant Dave Grossman, um, who covers in his right. in his, um, in his books of the, the physical and mental effects of what a person is able to go through. Um, once you really go through that and understand the, what's going to happen, you really reconsider. You really want to be in the gunfight the last thing possible um, because everything that would happen to you after and beforehand, the legality and the emotional and, and the PTSD potential uh, is very, very high. You know, one, so, of the things, I, one, one of the things we talk about here, uh, one of our uh, companies we work with, CCW Safe, and they're, uh-huh. they're a huge, huge help for things like this where they do they cover you for legal they cover you for anyway they they got your back but the most important thing that we talk about that and stan campbell's going to be with me uh on the show next week most important thing we talk about that is that when you pull that trigger your life is fundamentally changed forever now absolutely you didn't decide to put yourself in that situation right? You're there. A concealed weapon is a defensive weapon. It's not an offensive weapon. It's a defensive weapon. If it was an offensive weapon, the barrel would be six inches longer, have a foregrip. (laughs) It has to be 16 inches in California. (laughs) Whatever. So it would be better. So, but, but, you know, what, what are we carrying? We're carrying three inch, uh, nine millimeters or so, or whatever it happens to be. So it's, it's somebody caused an action that you are reacting to. And in this situation, I don't know about Germany carrying concealed firearms. I think they're pretty strict on their firearm ownership, which is probably another case about this guy acquiring one illegally. But um, it, it, you are going to – well, in California, you're going to go to jail. They're going to arrest you. They're going to take all of the firearms from your house. They're going to count up how many 22 rounds you have and say you had an armory and you've been practicing for this forever. They're going to make you out to be the bad guy and the guy with the face tattoos and the rap sheet that's 27 pages long that will never be admitted in court. He's going to be lifted up as the breadwinner and holy child of the family um, to put candles outside and light them for him and all that other stuff. And, you know, your whole life's going to be fundamentally changed. So as you say – it needs to be last resort. Last resort. When you pulled that trigger, it's because you had to pull that trigger, and somebody else caused that situation, right? So a part of that is also what we say is that what you just said is one hundred percent correct. I Meaning, we do want it to be our last resort. We do want to make sure that it's the last thing we ever do, and your life will fundamentally be changed afterward. However, we also try to cover in the classes that 
yes, your life is going to be fundamentally changed, but you've also saved a lot of lives. So we don't want to put people in the mindset that they become worried to pull the trigger because they're like, well, my life is going to be fundamentally changed. There is obviously going to be a very negative connotation for what you have done. At the same time, you saved the lives of potentially hundreds of people. And even though you might feel a portion of guilt or annoyance or or concern about the upcoming future, you shouldn't feel concerned at the moment. If you feel that your life is in danger, I I believe the legal term uh, for uh, the the legal uh, rights for self-defense is is in the term of um, anyone who's trying to cause great bodily injury or death to another individual, you have the right to to self-defense. So if you feel that other people's lives are going to be ended and your life is potentially going to be changed, even though it can be a very, very bad time for you, it's better that we save and preserve the lives of others. You, you know, you're absolutely right on that. And one of the things that you want to make sure is that what happens if you didn't? Let's say that, you know, 100%. I think you're, you're in L.A. County, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, because you have a crappy sheriff. Um, can we say crappy on this station? Yes. Okay. Because you have a crappy <laughs> sheriff. uh you can't have a CCW. They've determined that for you, right? Unless you have yes. some special connections or a movie star or something like that. Correct. So, Correct. so um, what if you had an opportunity, you had a CCW, you had that right, and you weren't carrying it and something happened? Now, what's your mindset dealing with that? It's like you could have stopped something and yeah. you didn't because oh, it's a hot day and I don't want to carry. Yeah. Personally, so the PTSD of those effects, by the way, are oftentimes much worse because you have the guilt of knowing that right. you potentially could have done something, but you didn't. Versus in the moment of freezing up, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a very bad feeling that you feel that um, you weren't able to fire the gun. But worse is that you thought you had the potential to, and then wasn't able to follow through on it. Right. One of the things that always always affects me is I'm kind of a natural sheepdog, and I the thought of not doing something would would kill me i could not if i had no weapon or nothing i had stuff to try if i had to use a butter knife and a wooden leg of a chair i have to do something i cannot live with myself any other way yeah yeah i I think that's the way a lot of us are are wired and that's that's what we're talking about is just making sure that you understand the situations that come in there and so the great the great thing is going back to the holding in germany as you wrap up this segment is that they had a plan they acted the plan. That plan saved lives. That plan was as simple as having a door that was impenetrable and using it. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. Check out the Tactical Rabbi at ndftraining.com. November Delta Foxtrot. Training.com. We'll be right back after this. Have questions about handgun safety, local sports shooting events, or your Second Amendment rights? Just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Get practical advice. No sales pitch. Vince is a straight shooter when it comes to sharing his advice and years of gun experience. Whether you're a seasoned gun owner or a newcomer, at Bullseye Sport, they welcome everyone, especially ladies considering a firearm for the first time. When they go to our store, we want to give them something that they're going to feel comfortable with. And if you're looking to purchase a gun, ammo, or accessories... If we don't have it, we will get it for you. For all the answers to your rifle and handgun questions, just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport. 951-823-0211. Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Proud sponsor of the Firing Line Gun Show, Saturdays at 1 p.m. on AM 590. Follow Bullseye Sport on Facebook for your inventory updates or call 951-823-0211. 951-823-0211. AM 590. The answer. 
This portion of the firing line is brought to you by CCW Safe by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. Spartans, lay down your weapons. Persians, come and get them. Hey folks, Mulan Labe Saturday. Philip Naiman here. I've got the tactical rabbi Raziel Cohen on ndftraining.com if you want to find out more about him on that ndftraining.com I have Dale Fundak joining me here also and I'm, I'm going to get I'm going to get personal with some questions here okay so I'm going to ask you to answer for everybody else in the entire world okay uh, Raziel <laughs> okay one of the things that strikes me as odd is that many people in California are absolutely livid if somebody owns an AR-15. They don't seem to mind AR-10s because that's not as powerful as an AR-15. It's five less or something <laughs> five less. Like but, but the AR-15 sends them off the wall, and uh, they don't believe the black rifles matter either. So anyway. Um, but when these same people travel to Israel and go do a tour... And they land, and they get out of the airport, and they are surrounded by eighteen to twenty-one year olds with AR car car Ford, you know, Mark Fords, and everything on their back, scars and whatever it is. Um, They seem to feel safer than they ever have anywhere else. Help me with that dichotomy. So the short answer is that there isn't really an answer to give them because for people who have that mindset, it's kind of stuck in a broken mentality that they don't really have a perspective of logic to understand the difference. Um, when it comes to Israel... Quite a liberal. No, no logic. <laughs> when, it, when it comes to Israel, Israel is a state that's surrounded by people that hate them. They have a lot of confrontation from every direction to the point that a lot of um, United States military um, trainees go to Israel for certain training um, areas because Israel has every terrain and every weather climate, and they're dealing with everything. So they have to be experts in every single field in order to survive. Uh, Israel is also based on a draft. So you have a bunch of 18, 18-year-olds coming to the military and drafting because that's, that's what they have to do. They're living in a, a state and a current and an ongoing state of potential fear of being attacked. Now, suddenly you see people who come from the United States go there, and they realize that if you're in a place that's constantly in fear of being attacked, then having an AR-15 isn't so bad. But they don't look at it in the same mindset when it comes to the United States, because everyone always has in the United States, oh, it can't be us. It'll never happen to us. This would never happen in my synagogue. This would never happen in my church. But then when it does, everyone acts like they're in shock. Well, let me tell um, you, pit- let, me yeah. tell, let me tell you, from where we're sitting right now, about three and a half miles as a crow flies, possibly, December 2nd, 2015, we had our jihadi attack. These were uh, people that lived in the city of Redlands, which is supposed to be, you know, the epitome of a little city in town. Um, war, a war bride brought in from Afghanistan, I think she was, right? So, I don't know. Some, she was from, from Krapistan and, uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, had these horrible ideas. They, they were working. They went to a Christmas party, left, came back, and had set out bombs and shot people. I think, I don't know how many people died. Fortunately, that afternoon, 
they got it uh, big time in the face, and I was kind of rooting for that. So, um, yeah, they're they're no longer with us, which is the best part of all the whole saved story. Saved us a little bit of money. Yeah, they saved us some money on trials and stuff like that. But the point is, it never happens here, folks. If you don't, if you would read the newspaper and read like six people were shot, uh, shooter's name has been withheld. Well, it's withheld when that big story's a headline. If you come back three days later and find out what the guy's name was and realize we have had so many domestic terrorist attacks here in America that it simply are not qualified or they're not quantified as that because then, you know, well, we don't want to have terrorism on my watch, says the, uh, the, the sheriff or the state commander, whoever it happens to be. They are here. Yeah. They have been here. And they're going to stay here, and they're never going to leave until we force them out or they show themselves. And they've stated that. It's part of their plan. And everybody who doesn't believe it, you're living in a little bubble. It's going to be broken eventually. Yeah. Go, go ahead, um, Something that I did when I, was in, um, when I was in synagogue is we heard that there was the, the Pittsburgh shooting. When the Pittsburgh shooting happened, I went around to every synagogue near mine, and I told them to go on. There's obviously these people that are like, why would you put your synagogue on a lockdown? It's such a stupidity. It happened across the United States. I said, you have to understand that the world we live in today, we are globally connected, whether it be through TV, whether it be through newspaper, whether it be through radio, whether it be through Facebook. I said, these are things that a person is able to replicate because he looks on his, on his phone and he says, wow, look at that guy. He just did a shooting in, in, a, in a synagogue in Pittsburgh. Why can't I do it in Los Angeles right next to my local synagogue? I said, just because a person is able to do it, said, we live in a world of trends. People like to replicate things. People like to become famous for doing stupid things. And if you're giving them ammunition to do something else, if you're giving them, well, no pun intended, then they're going to be able to um, work on that. So I said, if there's a Pittsburgh shooting, then you have to assume that it's also in Los Angeles. I said, you have to act as if it was right next door, because so, we are globally connected. 9-11 happened. So what did they do? They grounded all the planes, right? Yeah. Same thing. You have to realize that there, you don't know what's coming next, and the only smart move is to prepare for that. You know, and, and these people who, they purposely, they purposely pick gun-free zones. I don't remember which coward it was, but he, he lived through the shooting. It might have been the Pittsburgh chump. We never mention their names because we will not give them any honor of, of mentioning their names. They're just known as cowards. Dirtbags. Cowards, dirtbags, people who need a dirt nap, um, you know, pre-fertilizer. So these, they're, they're terrible people, and we won't give them their names. But one of the guys said that you, in his little maggot festo that you can't blame him for picking a gun-free zone because he wasn't stupid. Well... What is that telling us, folks, if we have gun-free zones? In California, you can't have a firearm as a legal person who obeys the law on, on a school property. Well, why would you want to do that? Well, Rabbi, maybe you're, you have a new congregation, a new synagogue starting up, and maybe you meet on a school property on a weekend, right? You guys, Saturday, a new church might be there on a Sunday. You yep. can't defend yep. yourself with a firearm because you're on school property. So you know what the issue is? Another issue that comes along with that, and this is a part of the things, um, when I do security audits, right, I'll go to a facility, I'll tell them where their weak points are, and I'll tell them how to structure their facility for security. One of the number one things I tell them, I said, look, having a guard is great, but all he is is a deterrent. I said, I'm going to be very blunt with you with the reality. 
The only reason why he's there is to get shot first. He's the bullet I mean, catcher. If someone, is, yeah. if someone is trying to target your facility, they're going to go for the first potential issue that they're going to acquire and then move on. I said, so if you're a guard, if you're paying certain amounts of money for a guard and stuff, that's great. But if he gets shot, what's now your plan? What are you going to do? So they say, well, yeah, we're on a <laughs> The warning bell's been rung. Guard. Yeah. The warning bell's that's been right. rung. So now what do you do, right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So like you really have to have a step two plan. Whether that means you're only able to do a lockdown procedure, you better have your lockdown procedure down pat. Because if you're not able to defend yourself, you're, you're stuck now. So I said, if you're going to have a guard and that's the only thing you're able to have, have multiple. And then have them situated in the different areas of the synagogue and that they know how to work together as a team. And unfortunately, that is not my top choice because these guards, unfortunately, I'm just saying this as blunt reality, they're not trained to what I consider the standard to be ready for an active shooting. No, and no. You're, you're right. I mean, they're, they're, they're rent-a-cops and, and they're there to observe and report. Um, they're not no, there no, to I'm defend. not saying that there aren't... I'm not saying there aren't out there that are good, but I'm saying for the, for the ones that I've personally trained and encountered, I looked at them, I said, look, I said, I'm glad, I'm glad you're standing out in front, but I'm also glad there's a guy backing you up because it would just be a real, a real crappy situation. Yeah. Well, put a handle on their backs. You can use them as a shield, maybe. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a, not nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they got a vest on. <laughs> but it's important you have to be trained and and so like you're saying if one of your methods is a lockdown well if you're in like a glass auditorium a lockdown's a really dumb idea yeah i'm just thinking you know so it has to be the right structure and like you said if you're if you're in a church or a synagogue you should have a security audit by somebody who knows what they're doing not okay look i'm gonna offend everybody here not by um one of your friends who's a, an officer for some facility, he may or may not have that training, but there are people yeah. who specialize in this. And that's what you need mm-hmm. to do is it, it's only your life that's at stake. So why wouldn't you? Right. Um, well, the number one things I've heard before is people say like, you know, like I want to, um, I want to go get training. But I said, I have a friend of mine that knows about guns. So I'm going to go to him. So I said, why would I pay for a session with you? If I can go to my friend, that knows how to, how to shoot again. I said, well, there's a difference between the knowledge and a person who's actually set up a curriculum. There's a difference between someone who may have the information, but how to put it in application is going to be very different. So, yeah, there are a lot of law enforcement guys that have a lot of experience and a lot of background doing a lot of different things. But for them to implement it in a way that makes sense is a very different game. And they have different requirements, you know, when they can pull and when they can't as, as an individual. So 100%. I think that it's important to get neutral training from somebody who does it all the time, somebody who's qualified. Uh, and you can tell, honestly, if you show up at the course and you can look around and you can tell in the first 20 minutes if you should stay the rest of the day or not. But, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and there are some people there who shouldn't be training. Um, you know, yeah. I, I do training myself. I like to take the very, very basic beginner who has never shot and just get them shooting on paper into the bullseyes. Okay, that's yeah. that's my forte that I'm good at. Uh, taking somebody from that point to dynamic training, rolling in the dirt and reloading, you know, that's somebody else. So everybody yeah. should look at what they're doing and, and focus on that. Folks, Philip Name and Firing Line Radio Show. We'll be right back after this. Hi, folks. Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. 
CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated million dollars for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at ccwsafe.com. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Conan, what is best in life? To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of your women. That is good. That is good. good. Folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. Joining me back here, I have Raziel Cohen and Dale Fundak. We're having a pretty good show here, I think, anyway. Not too bad. Not too bad. Okay. For a cripple. <laughs> the best one-legged show in town. Hey, um, we talked about a, a couple different things. We talked about the issues we're dealing with in California on our ammunition sales. We talked about uh, what happened overseas in Germany. You know, I have a daughter who's living overseas right now, and I'm praying for her all the time. And, and you know, she grew up. She, she's got her head on a swivel, but still, she's 6,000 miles away, right? And she's 20. Yeah. Oh, 24. Um, you know, we talked about people's attitudes when they travel overseas. They see somebody carrying AR-15s in Israel, but boy, in California, that's a terrible thing. But it's, you know, some, some other things. One of the other things that I want to talk to about, talk to you about, Raziel, is people's attitude about their own self-defense. I had an old boss one time. He told me that the only security you have at the... Uh, at the end of the day, is dangling on your own two hands. So the only security you have is dangling on your own two hands, and and that's that's really where we're at. Who is responsible for your self defense? And you are. Who is the first responder? You are. It's not the police. No, they're only ten minutes away. Even if they're three or four minutes away, even if they're a minute away, you, the victim, are the first responder. And. Uh, in in uh, Christian circles, I hear oftentimes about, you know, we shouldn't own firearms or self-defense, you know, turn the other cheek, you know, a lot of things that are misconstrued and drives me up the wall. So I want to ask you in, in your community there, what do you run into? So let's cover a few, a few aspects of this. So first of all, you're being your own defense. That is that is 100% correct. Uh, your self-defense, your self-preservation is a God-given right, not a government-given right. You need to do whatever it takes to survive. And if you're really worried about the legalities, then you'll deal with that after. Your f- first priority is that you can make it to the court case if you need one. Um, but tried, tried by that, 12 rather than carried by 6? Yeah. That's like the, the, the famous line used by old gun guys. But the question is, uh, how, how much do you actually live by that? How much do you understand that that's what you might need to end up doing? And a part of that also is now the importance I tell people, in another aspect, if, whether you're a gun guy or not, the importance of carrying some basic medical equipment on you, for example, a tourniquet or chest seals or blood clotting agents of any form, is that it could be, it could be used for a, a myriad of different situations. If you're a construction work, a worker and you end up um, accidentally sawing into your arm, having a tourniquet by is just as important because those are things that only take two minutes for, for a life-threatening issue when if a 30 seconds away could be a medical personnel, you still need to be able to get that tourniquet on before you're unconscious. So that's just a small aspect of whether you're in the gun world or not, being prepared for your own personal safety. Um, in the aspect of 
of religion, it always drives me nuts when people say, like, oh, we should turn the other cheek and everything like that. In the Bible, there's actually a line that says, in Hebrew, it's, it's, it means you should protect yourself. We have the religious um, um, it's called legality. It's important for us, and it's required by us to defend ourselves. We're not allowed to be sheep. We're not allowed to look the other way. We have the obligation to defend ourselves if we're able to. So now, obviously, people are, some people are just not cut out for that. For people to say to look the other way is absolutely incorrect. We have the obligation to protect and preserve ourselves and our communities. You know, a couple of examples of that. Uh, Book of Nehemiah, right? As they went back to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, they had one hand on a shovel, the other hand on their sword. Mm-hmm. Now, what, why was so, that? Was that because they were a, a well-organized militia? No, they were there on their own. There's so many things of that. And I just, I hate that when somebody takes the Bible and misreads it and says that, you know, for their own agenda. It's like, look, these are what the words say. This is this is what God says. This is where we should do. A perfect do. example of that, by the way. The, the number one thing I hear all the time that gets me really annoyed is people say, it says in the Bible, one of the, one of the first of the commandments, thou shall not kill. Um, I'm like, that is absolutely incorrect. Well, let, me, say, let me stop you here. Thou shall... you, you, are, you are fluent in Hebrew. So not... in our... More than I am. So in in our English translation, it comes out, thou shall not kill. But in the original Hebrew, it says, thou shall not murder. Murder. Imagine that difference. Because you you, you finally go back to our previous segment where we talk about Israeli soldiers carrying guns. You're like, well, how could they kill anyone? It says because God gave us the obligation to defend and preserve our nation. You're going to say like, oh, thou shall not kill. We're not supposed to kill people. It says you have not only... Are you able to kill people? You're required to kill people if it means they're going to try to take your life. You're not allowed to be a victim. You're not allowed to be a sheep. You have an obligation to be a wolf hunter. So let's talk about the watchman. All right. Uh, Was this Jeremiah? The watchman on the wall. What is your responsibility there, right? So so as as a watchman, the watchman on the wall, when he sees danger coming, and if he doesn't ring the bell and doesn't warn the people to get up and defend themselves... He is liable, 100%. Exactly. The other side is... He has is, the blood of everyone else on his hands. Exactly right. So what is that telling us? It's telling us that we have a responsibility here, not just to defend ourselves, but to defend our, our communities and ourselves, and, and to, to have our eyes wide open as to the evils that exist in this world, and to combat them and hammer them flat, right? As often as possible. Like a rolled penny. Want to hammer evil flat like a rolled penny, make a decoration, put it on the wall. And that's pretty much what this is. It's not just theory. It's evil. It's bad. There's a difference between good and bad. And someone who just wants to blatantly do stuff like that is evil. That's the name for it. It's called evil. You know, and so, so what's interesting now is that I'm, I'm noticing a lot more people coming to my training courses that are priests, that are rabbis, that are looking to get more training because they're realizing whether you believe it or not or whether your community believes it or not, you need to start making a difference. So it's very interesting to see these guys coming to classes now and starting to learn how to shoot or learn how to set up a structure or calling me to their synagogues or churches to do a security audit because they're realizing this, this is no longer a time to joke around and have a liberal mindset or liberal agenda. It's about your life. All right. Hey, real quick here. we got about three and a half minutes left. Tell us about your background, how you got into this. So I initially started training um, like way back with competition shooters. It was more about like speed and accuracy, but it wasn't really practical to the defensive world. Uh, later after that, I started actually taking more formal classes. I trained under uh, James Diego of Tactical Response. Um, we did basic and advanced classes with him. I trained um, with counterterrorism, the U.S. Army Rangers. Um, I went and trained with uh, Special Forces 
uh, in, in Israel with them just to get the knowledge and understanding of the kind of defensive issues they deal with. Um, I have multiple certifications under the NRA and under the uh, DOJ um, as an instructor. Um, and I also work with a lot of different people, whether it be in special forces, law enforcement, to try to give the best to um, facility structure and active shooter prevention. You know, one of the things we did, uh, well, wait, I didn't do it. I wasn't actually able to be there. But the California Rifle and Pistol Association did these things called the Sheepdog Seminar. They did it over at Mariner's Church uh, in September this year. And I don't know if you've ever thought about hooking up with them and maybe trying to reach out to some different uh, things of faith where you have a big seminar, invite everybody in, and kind of give them the, the scoop about what they need to be doing. It might be a great idea for you. So I actually have done that before. I haven't done it with them specifically, but I have done that before because right after the, the shooting that happened in Poway, right, everyone was looking to each other like, okay, so what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? And I kind of looked around and said, is anyone going to actually take a stand and give over a class, whether it means you're losing money or not, to give people information they need? So what I ended up doing is I got, I, I got a, a, a synagogue to open up the facility. I put flyers all over Facebook, uh, all, over the, all over the streets, and I said anyone from any background would like to come and join to learn how to survive an active shooting, it's free to come to the class. I said I'm not asking for any money, I'm not asking for anything. I said just come and learn, don't be a victim. And that's what we ended up doing, and we had a huge turnout of people, and it's very, very important. It's, it's so important to at the basic level have that knowledge. Um, a lot of courses are still teaching the run high flight mentality, which to an extent is correct, but also, to another extent, uh, there's so much more information that's been added to it than the past uh, five, ten years that it needs to be revamped. So even somebody who took the class a few years ago should go and take it again because a lot of things have changed. You know, did you ever see the uh, the footage of the mall shooting? I think it was in Kenya. Yes, yes, I have. Yeah, but didn't that go on for like two days? It's. Uh... It's crazy because, like, exactly, it comes with one high to fight mentality, but then you're not sure if you're dealing with an active shooter or a terrorist hold, right? So if it goes to a terrorist hold, the person doesn't care if they're going to they're gonna die or not. They're there to make a statement. They're there to take hostages. And then suddenly you're thinking you're barricaded inside a closet, and you're like, how long can you stay there for? Yeah. Like, what's your, what's your plan? So, again, it's, it's not like the, the idea is completely foreign, but there are different things that have to be learned and adjusted to to be able to adapt to what we're, the, the threats we're dealing with today. All right, last question for the day here. What's your favorite pistol? So I currently am rocking the Honda Civic of Firearms, the Glock 19. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. it just goes. It just goes. You know what I mean? It um, does. It just, it just goes. Like, again, like, I, I love the, what's referred to as Gucci Glocks or Gucci-style design firearms that are like overly elaborate and nice. Like I have a, I have a very, well, it's a basic, very basic, but the Savage Model 10 FDPSR, it's a three-way bolt action. Great gun. I love it just because it's, it's just a great gun for recreational, long-range shooting, just for, for, for great fun. It's the workhorse. Um, Hey, yeah. I, want, I, want to thank my, I want to thank my special guest, Raziel Cohen, uh, the tactical rabbi. You can find him at NDF Training, November Delta Foxtrot, training.com. Folks, this is Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. Thank my special guest, Dale Fundak, for being here, helping me out this morning. He got me here today. Somebody had to do it. Somebody did have to do it. Folks, Philip Naiman, FiringLineRadio.com. Check out the podcast. Have a great weekend. Shoot, Felipe. Shoot. <laughs> When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside. The Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. CCW Safe. Cutting Edge Bullets. Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. And by Philip Naiman and Cornerstone Christian Wealth Management. AM 590, the answer. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.